Luke 4, verses 1 through 30. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and said to him, To you I will give all of this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and in him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they shall bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to to proclaim the year of the of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did at Capernaum, go here in your hometown as well. And he said, Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth I tell you that there are many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, and a great famine came over all the land. And Elijah was sent to none of them but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. There were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. And when they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. And they rose up and they drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow of the hill in which their town was built, so that they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What a passage. I mean, yeah. so much we could, you know, not even do ODR, but like entire sermons on yeah. and, and that 
there are countless sermons on. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus's ministry begins here. And, you know, it, before he publicly begins his ministry, there's this really fascinating and um, spoken often of, you know, period where he's in the wilderness being tempted for 40 days, 40 nights, mm -hmm. tempted by the devil himself. Mm -hmm. And then he comes back and begins his ministry. And just in this, you know, ultimately like pretty short span of verses, they go from glorifying Jesus to trying to throw him off a cliff, mm -hmm. literally. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting. I love, you know, the, the book of Isaiah is one of my favorite books and um, Isaiah and Revelation, and they go so hand in hand and they're so poetic and beautiful and powerful and confusing mm -hmm. and confounding. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just awesome. And, you know, I, I think it seems so far that Luke was also very fond of Isaiah because it's been referenced many times. Mm -hmm. And here uh, the Lord Jesus himself is quoting this passage that we read on ODR just like a couple of weeks ago or so, Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim good news to the poor. And, you know, the, these amazing promises and I love, you know, it, it says that the people marveled at the gracious words coming from his mouth. Mm. Jesus, his first impression, people marveled at the grace coming from his mouth. And then it's interesting because it, it quickly, it, it almost begins to seem less gracious because he prophesies, you know, basically the people's betrayal. Mm -hmm. And then really interesting thing, he magnifies God's heart for the nations. And he basically shows that, you know, in the days of Elijah, that there were all these widows and yet God sent Elijah to one on the fringes of society mm -hmm. who according to the people of Israel should not have been the widow that was looked after. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he goes to Elisha. There were many lepers in Israel and none of them were cleansed, but this Syrian guy named Naaman. And so this is really foreshadowing of Jesus's ministry is that he he's here for the fringes. He's here for the marginalized and that, the people who are sort of in the eye of the needle of, you know, Hebrew religious life, that they're actually the ones who are going to say, you know, the proverb physician, heal yourself. And we see this so clearly on Calvary when they're saying he's, he healed others, but he cannot heal himself. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just so much here. I don't want to keep blabbering on Jeremy. Yeah. I know you're bored. I know everyone no. listening is bored. So <laughs> that was like a really great summary of, like everything that was going down. Well, thank you. But yeah. what, what are your thoughts, Jerry, on this passage? Yeah, I was like, I was even flipping over to Isaiah 61, you know, where he does, you know, famously and stop short in, in this, in this verse, you know, he says at the end of his quote, you know, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. But then if you go to Isaiah 61, the next part of it is, and the day of vengeance of our God, mm -hmm. um, and and he doesn't doesn't include that part here, which is always an interesting thing to think about. But another thing that at first, well, two things that stood out to me at first, um, in a fresh way, reading over this passage, is we see both Jesus being tempted mm -hmm. and Jesus being rejected. 
mm. and persecuted. And that's just always a helpful thing to remember about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we know that that's true. Like we know that he was tempted in every way and yet was without sin. And uh, we obviously know that he was persecuted. His own people mm. nailed him to a cross, right? Mm-hmm. But we're just seeing a little bit of that in his life even here. And I'm just reminded that you know, to follow Jesus faithfully is going to be a life of temptation. Like we are going to be tempted in this world. Mm. Um, and we are also going to be at times you know, rejected mm-hmm. and persecuted mm-hmm. um, for faithfulness. But the, the thing that, the other thing I noticed that I think maybe even like connects all those things is Luke has this like interesting detail. He likes to include, I think, I think more than some of the other gospel writers. And that is like the role of the spirit in mm-hmm. Jesus's ministry. He just likes to remind us. And he returned in the power of the spirit to Galilee. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led by the spirit into the wilderness for mm-hmm. 40 days. And so we see Jesus is, you know, he's, he is following the Holy Spirit and those two, and, and those two things that we just described mm-hmm. are happening to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the temptation, and there's obviously like great purpose for why these two specific events happened, but nonetheless, great to observe that Jesus was walking by the spirit, as Paul says, yeah. and he was facing temptation and fighting it. Mm-hmm. And he was being faithful and being rejected. Yeah. Um, and being faithful in particular to like God's global yeah. purposes yeah. for for his people, which was the the joy of all the nations. Yeah. So look at this temptation. You know, there's there's a lot that's been said and probably more eloquently than anything I have to say. But I do think there there's an interesting progression in these three tests of Jesus. So you have the first you know, command the stone to become bread. Jesus has been fasting. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's this appeal to to create food for himself. Uh, the second is if you will bow down and worship me. Um, and then the, the third, it's kind of interesting. It's this prove the scripture true about you. Mm-hmm. So the first one doesn't seem inherently messed up. The second one, it's like, okay, well, that's like Satanism, you know, like that's a no brainer to (laughs) us. And then the third is this like, okay, like prove the scripture scripture true. Gosh, Mm -hmm. it's a Mm -hmm. four o'clock almost on a Thursday afternoon and my tongue is (laughs) struggling to keep up with my brain. But so we, we have this like really interesting progression. And, you know, I think what is kind of happening is the first is an appeal to the appetite. Mm. It's, it's very practical. And that's a lot of the temptation that we face, you know, and and that can be like greed with money. It can be, you know, greed with time. It can be, you know, something as, as grave as infidelity or mm. pornography. It can be taking advantage of somebody. Our own flesh is kind of like exactly. the center of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it's that flesh-driven appetite. The second is this desire for power. What what is the offer if Jesus will submit to the evil one? It is authority and glory among all the kingdoms of the world. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have to bear a cross for it. Mm-hmm. All he has to do is just submit to and worship the devil. Mm-hmm. 
And then the third is basically an appeal to pride. It's an appeal to ego, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think that's why Jesus, because Jesus has no problem like fulfilling scriptures in the eyes of other people. We're going to mm-hmm. see that yeah. left and right. We already have, but it, it's this, you know, p- casting doubt on his identity and saying, mm-hmm. prove it to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think that that's actually tells us something about the hierarchy of sin. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's sort of our, our, the first year is like our appetite driven sin. And the second is, well, you know, a lot of that is comes from, you know, why is somebody like greedy? Mm-hmm. It, it's because they want leverage. They want power. They want comfort and glory. Mm-hmm. And then, well, why do they want power over people? Why do they want comfort and glory? Mm-hmm. Pride, mm-hmm. you know, ego. Yeah. And so we kind of see like, these temptations walk up the chain mm-hmm. of sin. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to apply that in our own lives and see, you know, where there's different dynamics are at play. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you had yeah. any thoughts on that. No, I think that's a great kind of progression and like to even like look at each of them. And another thing that stood out to me, like the pride, you know, he's, he's Satan is like quoting scripture, right? Mm-hmm. It's very similar kind of to like, did God really say, Yeah, you know, it's kind of like bringing totally. God's word into it. And it's like to the point of pride, like pride is like rejecting God, right? It's elevating ourselves mm. and um, making ourselves kind of the object of, of worship in a sense and questioning God, mm. rejecting God, questioning God, something like that. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's, that it, there's a lot of Garden of Eden similarities here totally. like, of course the appeal to the flesh like the the fruit was the delight of the eyes mm-hmm. and um and you m- mentioned that as well and then there's this you know you know you will be like god if, if you listen totally. to what i'm telling you to do and so kind of a power play yeah. um, on satan part there as well so i think yeah that's that makes sense yeah and you know i, I don't want to run too long but then we have this this rejection at Nazareth and and essentially and we're going to see this over and over again that people are excited to see a man with power and authority but then they're quickly you know disappointed to see that they're not the redeemer that they have drawn up in their minds and I think that's just a great warning for us mm-hmm. that you know initial excitement in, in encountering Jesus that we still have to come to Jesus on his terms and that his kingdom is on his terms. And it's not always the, the immediate gratifying thing that we want and that Mm -hmm. we expect. And so, you know, for some of us today, maybe what we need to take from these two stories is conviction uh, of sin and to, um, you know, see where we are struggling with sins of appetite or power or pride or to, you know, say, am I looking for a redeemer who cooperates with me on my terms or a, a one who works in mystery, one who heals the, the leper in Syria and not in Israel. Mm-hmm. And, but for some of us, you know, maybe we just need the encouraging word that the, the words pouring out of Jesus mouth are words of grace yeah. and that he's come to pr- claim good news to the poor so let's be those who are poor in spirit and, and who draw near to Jesus humbly on his terms to enter into his rule and reign yeah I think that's exactly it 
His good news is good news, but it's centered on him. Amen. So receive him. Amen. Receive him. So for Jeremy Brooks, this is Will Carlisle, and we will see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.